Hi, I'm Lance. And I'm Mel. In the spring of 2012, we were walking around downtown Indianapolis. We were looking for someplace local for dinner. We threw out a restaurant name and Mel asked, Is it local? That simple question became a much bigger conversation and our company, Indiana Originals, was born. Every Indiana Originals member is certified local. That means the business is an Indiana-owned and operated company, headquartered here, and not part of an out-of-state chain. When you discover and support a business on our website or on our app, you are keeping more money in Indiana, helping our communities be unique, and creating jobs. If you spent 5% more on goods and services from Indiana, we would have $1.8 billion more billion for our schools and infrastructure. So when you break it down, that's just $35 per household per week. When you see the Indiana Originals badge, you know you are supporting local Indiana businesses. Download our app powered by B&W Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Drains and get your business certified local at indianaoriginals.com. Indiana Originals, leading local living. Local Matters brings you incredible stories about Indiana original businesses making a positive impact in Indiana and the entrepreneurs leading the way. I'm Mel McMahon, and today we will get the story of how Brenda Jackson started Worthmore Academy, a private alternative school for grades K through 12 for kids with learning disabilities. We'll talk about the challenges and the successes along the way and why supporting local businesses really matters. You're listening to Local Matters, brought to you by Indiana Originals, leading local living. Brenda, thank you so much for being our guest today on Local Matters. Thank you for having me. Now, we've known each other for a little while. You've had quite the journey to get to where you are, and (laughs) I'm fascinated with your story. I hope others will be, too. Tell me, what did you want to be when you grew up? Well, I didn't know really for sure, but uh, music was a big thing, but my father was a chemist, so I enjoyed science and math, so I got a degree in chemistry and became a chemist at Lilly. And how long did you do that? About two years. Is that about how long it took you to feel, figure out that that's not what you wanted to do? Um, well, I'd always loved children. Even in high school, in the summertime, I worked for a summer school tutoring program for kids with dyslexia. So my heart kind of was always there. And my mom was a teacher. Um, but once I got working with kids, even after college, and I was working with kids who were struggling so much, I knew that that's really what I wanted to do, was help those children. Did your parents help you go through college? Yeah, they paid for my degree totally. <laughs> so what was their reaction when you told them you wanted to do something different? Well, I told them I decided I wanted to start a private school, and their reaction was, we wondered how long it would take you to figure that out. So they <laughs> so, knew before you did? <laughs> pretty much so, I think so. So they were supportive of it? Oh, yes, totally. And so how did you get started? How do you start a school? Well, I just said I was going to do it. So I talked to families whose children I tutored, and six of them said um, our kids will go. So I had six kids, one room, and a third floor of a church, and that's what we did. And I started in the middle of the school year, so I started in January, so it was the second semester. So that's kind of how I do things. I just say I'm going to do it, and I do it. So I did it. (laughs) And what year was this? 1988. Do you think you could have started a school just as easily now as you did then probably not the probably not just because of what's going on with the covid and schools and who can do what it was it was probably a lot more difficult so what did you notice that these children needed that 
you were able to give them that they weren't getting somewhere else? Well, I think they needed just the individual attention. I think the the thing that um, tipped me over was I was working with a high school student. He was a senior, and the mom just said, I just need to get him graduated, so can you please help me? So I said, sure. And when I went the first time to work with him, his, his homework assignment was learning how to write a check. And this young man couldn't even sign his name on the bottom of the check. And I was just as frustrated as he was because I thought, how am I helping him if I'm going to help him graduate when he couldn't read at all, write hardly at all, and really all he wanted to do was study for his driver's license. And so that was, uh, that was about it. I just went home and said, you know what, somebody's got to do something to help these kids because I felt I was doing more harm than help if I would have helped him graduate. When, what would he be able to do when he couldn't even write his name? So how do kids get to that point? You know, we hear a lot about, you know, kids just getting pushed through, but how does that really happen? That's what happens. They push them through. Um, you know, and it's not a thing that's diff- that's a fault of the public school system, but the public school system classrooms are very large, overwhelmed, and when you have children in your classroom that you're trying to help 25, 30 kids, and you probably have at least four or five in that class that are having similar struggles, how are you going to reach them all when you're trying to reach 25, 30 kids? And so um, when what they need is just that specific individual attention, um, it's like when you're in the public schools, you have to fit in the mold. And if you don't, then it's very difficult. And um, with what we do at Worthmore is we try and do it all individualized. Nobody has to do what anybody else is doing. And we try and figure out what their learning differences is. I don't like to call it a disability because they just learn differently. And we have all kinds of differences. We have kids on the autism spectrum, kids with ADD, ADHD, kids that are dyslexic. You know, so each of those children have their own way of learning. And what our job is to learn how that is and give them the coping skills to be able to learn with their differences. And then we put them back into the public schools after they've been with us for a few years. We get them caught up academically and we get them so that they can cope with whatever their struggles are. And that individual attention is the key there. And obviously it would be very difficult for the public schools to be able to do that. Um, But if we can do that, the younger we get them, the better it is. We go through 12th grade because a lot of times we get kids that are in junior high and they've been pushed along all those years and so they're significantly behind and to try and really get them caught up in the coping skills they need to succeed in our high schools here in Indianapolis that are so big, um, it would be almost impossible. So we, that way they're allowed to graduate with a diploma but at their own rate. I want to ask about that in just a second, but I want to go back to the boy who didn't know how to sign his own name. Mm -hmm. What are some of the challenges that you see that these kids are having by the time they've made it to you? What have they been facing? What have they been missing in school? Well, what we find a lot of times with these kids is they come in very anxious about school, very frustrated because they are trying to keep caught up, but they just can't. So what happens is when they go to class, They do their work, but their work is just putting answers down. They can't read the directions, so they just put anything down, so it could be all wrong. Or it all goes home, and then the parents end up being the teachers because they spend three and four hours doing homework. And then they're so disorganized that even though they spent three or four hours doing the homework with their parent, they lose it between school and home, and it never gets turned in. So then those are all Fs for their their classwork. But even if they're failing everything, they still get pushed on to the next grade. 
Now, Brenda, you have a gift not only for helping these kids face these challenges, but for recognizing these challenges too. I feel like you can look at a child and you can see what they truly need. You know, where does that come from, you think? I just think it's a God-given gift. I don't know, but I really truly do. I mean, I obviously went back to school and got my master's in education, but in that I didn't really learn what I know with the kids. It's just being with the kids and going in and really stopping and seeing each child and you can see in their eyes their frustration, but you can see with what they produce for you in their classwork where their, where their gaps are, and they just have gaps. Um, all of them struggle with handwriting. Um, it's horrible. We do teach cursive, and they took that out of the schools, and, um, but they have to have a signature. So I've known um, adults that come in, and they don't even know how to write a signature. And I said, well, how did you sign your lease? Well, I printed my name. Well, that's not a legal signature. Mm -hmm. So you have to at least have that. But cursive writing is actually easier for these kids because their fine motor skills and spatial abilities are such a struggle. But so that's um, one thing that needs to be put back in the schools, if you ask me. And I think they're going back towards that. But really just looking at each child, um, you really just have to look at each child and say, okay, here we are. And we come in with kids that have some anger issues and they're looked at as behavior problems. And then it's not really a behavior problem, but if you're in fifth grade and you can't read yet, how are you going to react in school? And most of the time, these kids have learned the habit of, hey, I uh, have a behavior. I get kicked out. I get to stay home. Wow. That's what I like because I hate school. So that's a positive reinforcement for negative behavior, and we don't believe in that. They can come in and act all crazy, but the rule is you don't leave till your work is done. And when Miss J says you don't leave till your work is done, well, we've been there till 9 to 10 o'clock at night with some ornery junior high kids. But, you know, I'm not going to sit at home for homework because your job is to get it done just like your parents have to do their work during the day. You're going to do your work. And so, but once they find out they can do it, um, I'm not going to give a fifth grader who can't read fifth grade work. We're going to give them where he is starting, and then we work towards where they need to be. And once they, they need to feel some success. Um, and that was a big thing with some of our kids that really come in frustrated and angry is they're embarrassed. They'll get in a class and they get embarrassed because they think, oh, I'm going to be made fun of because I can't read or I can't do this. And once they find out everybody else is just like them, they're, they don't have that anger so much and they're not embarrassed. And then we give them work they can do so they feel like some success first. And then we work towards what they need to get to do. But you can't throw a kid in and give them instant frustration or you're not going to get any further than the schools did. Well, and something that can be very frustrating for students, too, is standardized tests, which I think most of us are very, very used to. But for kids with learning challenges, those can be very scary, right? We Debilitating. Don't, we don't and even give it. <laughs> talk, talk about that. Talk about how you get a diploma for these kids. What is that process like? Well, I mean, standardized testing now is a little different, but um, our diplomas... If we don't give the I-step, um, it's not necessary to see if a child's succeeding. Um, our high school students get a national diploma, not an Indiana diploma, so that we don't have to give the Indiana standardized testing. But if they get a national diploma, they can still go to college anywhere. It's amazing. So, What is it like for the parents who know that their kid is getting the help that they so desperately need? They're, they're thrilled. Um, you know, for once, their children have friends because they have other kids that are just like them, and a lot of them never had friends before. 
Um, I, in fact, we had the last, a week ago, on Fridays, one class gets to bring show and tell. And um, one young man brought his show and tell. And um, the mom texted me the next day on the weekend and said, thank you for allowing my son to be who he is and not trying to be somebody else because he wasn't teased. He wasn't made fun of for what he brought in for show and tell. And the kids were thrilled with what he brought. And they tend to be immature, so what they bring in and play with or whatever probably is not age appropriate, but that's okay because everybody else is immature too. So <laughs> it's okay. They're not going to be made fun of for bringing in a toy that may be not age appropriate for a 12-year-old, mm-hmm. more like an 8-year-old, but that's the way they all are. Mm-hmm. But also key to what we do is not just academics. They have a social skills class every day. And so we know we have to not only work on the academic piece, but we have to work on the social piece. So what's involved in some of those social lessons that you have to teach? So a lot of our kids are very impulsive. So they act before they think, and we look at it as ready, aim, fire is what they need to do instead of ready, fire, aim. And so a lot of times we have to teach them those type of things. And also just socially blending. they do a lot of role-playing, working out problem-solving situations that are social situations that are more appropriate. Um, and we work on things like even just your basic um, skills of taking care of yourselves. These kids, you know, some a student came in, and he's 18, and I looked at him. I said, did you brush your hair this morning? Well, no. I said, well, don't you think getting ready is brush your teeth, brush your hair, wash your face kind of thing? Well, yes, I guess so. I said, so we're going to go get a brush and take care of this situation right now because his hair looked like he put his finger in the light socket. Oh, no. So even those basic, simple skills of of self-care for Mm -hmm. yourself, um, they need help with. Yeah, so things we we have as a habit, they still have to make a conscious effort to do. Yeah, and parents, obviously it's not a poor parenting thing. Parents try. But um, we've had kids, it's like they don't want to come to school, so they drag their feet. Parents have to get to work. They're trying to drive them to school. And uh, one parent, you know, the child just isn't there. And I called and I said, you know, where's so-and-so? Well, he just wouldn't get up and get ready, and I had to go to work, or I was going to be late. And I said, well, you call me or throw him in the car in his pajamas and send some clothes, and we'll get him together. Because once he has to do that one time, generally he tends to get ready for school. Brenda, how many kids have gone through Worthmore Academy? Probably close to 700-plus students, I'd say. 700 or yeah. more students. It's been 33 years. So. That you've had an impact on. I'd say so. I can see the twinkle in your eye <laughs> thinking about those students, the smile on your face. What motivates you to keep moving forward? The kids. I mean, just even to yesterday, I work at Steinmark part-time, and a young man that was a former student has come in every day this week to say hi. And he said to me, Miss J, I think once this store closes, I think you need to turn this into a skating rink, and that would be great for all the students at Worthmore. <laughs> so, Very creative. Exactly. You know, I've had, I've run, we had uh, zero res come clean the building before we started school, and the young man that came in and did it was a former student at Worthmore. So when wow. I started seeing my young kids, although I feel very old, growing up and <laughs> successful adults, the, right there, you can't put a price tag on that. That's just fabulous when I see them being successful as young adults now. So you mentioned working at Steinmart. So you run this school all day long. Yes. 
I have one five-year-old and I'm exhausted after co-op parenting at his <laughs> kindergarten one day. So I'm trying to put myself in your shoes. You run this school with multiple children all day and then you go work at Steinmark. Yes, I work at Steinmark um, five or six days a week and um, I leave school, go to work or and I work all weekend. So, um, And in my spare time, I sing with Indianapolis Opera and direct the church choir. And you sing opera? Yes, I sing opera. Don't ask me to do that right now, please. I'll do it later. <laughs> I'll ask you later. Okay, we have a lot to talk about. Coming up, the challenges and successes Brenda Jackson has had along the way and what she wants you to know about starting your own business. This is Local Matters. A special shout out to our sponsors, Indiana Originals and McFarling Foods for making Local Matters possible. If you're not familiar with Indiana Originals, it's a search engine to help you identify and support local businesses faster and easier. Worthmore Academy is one of our members. That means they are certified local. They're Indiana owned and operated, headquartered here, and not part of an out-of-state chain. So not only does Indiana Originals help the consumer support local faster and easier, but Indiana Originals helps their business members stand out from their national competitors, find business development resources, and really be part of a like-minded community. Learn more at indianoriginals.com or download the app powered by B&W Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Drains wherever you get your apps. Our other sponsor is another Indian Originals member, McFarling Foods. They've been supplying your favorite restaurants, diners, taverns, pubs, you name it, with fresh local food. They've been doing it for over 70 years, too. It's kind of a big deal. You know, the local community really needs and depends on other independent businesses. And McFarling Foods is Central Indiana's trusted food service distributor. Locally owned and operated since 1948, they are a community-based distributor serving independent restaurants with quality, fresh food, and they also offer their expertise to their clients as well. So thank you to McFarling Foods. Learn more at McFarling.com. We've been chatting with Brenda Jackson of Worthmore Academy. It's an alternative private school, grades K through 12, for kids with learning challenges. She started her business in 1988. And remind our listeners what you were doing in 1988 before you started the business. I was a chemist at Lilly. You were a chemist at Lilly. I'm just trying to put this in perspective. Think about going to work every day at Eli Lilly and company, being a chemist, but then knowing that your heart was somewhere else. And that's what made you start Worthmore Academy. Fortunately, with the support of your parents. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and how many kids did you start with? Six. You started with six and 700 plus kids later. Yes. You are still running a school. And how many kids do you have this year? We have 25 with a waiting list. You have a waiting list. Well, because we, need, we don't have enough space for any more students. Okay, let's talk about that. That's been a challenge that you've had kind of throughout the history of the school right is finding a good home talk about where you are right now and really what you need well we're currently at st albans episcopal church and we rent their lower level and uh, they've been a great home for us for four years but they just have five classrooms and that's 46th and emerson yes uh, right on the corner um, prior to that we were at um, good shepherd lutheran church right around the corner on kessler and it was actually a great size building, but that church sold to another church, so we had to move. And we've always been in a church just because they have classrooms, fire code, restroom code, all that fits. Plus we have their fellowship hall for lunchrooms, we can use their sanctuary for our programs. So it just has always worked out well for us. So um, St. Albans is our fourth church. But my biggest dream now, I guess of all my dreams, besides having worked more is 
finally having a building of our own to call Worthmore Academy. And um, so that's what our, our goal is, hopefully in the next year, is to find that. So we have a home big enough to have more students and um, one that we can call ours. So how many classrooms ideally would you have? We'd like to have nine or ten classrooms. And how big do those classrooms need to be? Oh, goodness. Trying to give, you know, kind of perspective. You never know who's listening. They might have a building. They might be a commercial realtor. They might be a fellow at their church and know. So let's get the word out there. What? So you need nine classrooms. Right. Okay. Yeah, I don't know how many square feet a classroom is. Well, let's dream big. How many kids do you want to put in it? Well, at one time when we were at, um, prior to um, 2008, we had 65 students when we were at um, Good Shepherd. Wow. Yes. We were we were packed, but then when 2008 hit and the economy kind of crashed, um, you know we went down to having just 20. So, and and we did not have any scholarship funding. Now we have been blessed with trust funds. We have scholarship funding, so that's made an incredible dis- difference. So families can come regardless what their income is. Well, and families come from all over Indiana, don't they? Oh yes, our furthest I believe is South Bend. We had a family that came from Muncie, and the father worked all night in Fort Wayne, drove from Muncie to school, slept in the choir loft on an air mattress, set his alarm to come down, pick up his student at 3 o'clock, drove back to Muncie, drove to Fort Wayne, worked all night, drove back to Muncie, picked up his son, drove to Indianapolis. And so his sleep for the week was on an air mattress in the choir loft. Also, his kid could get what he needed. Exactly. What are some of the things the parents say to you? What are some of the, I mean, I can only imagine, you know, being a parent, having challenges with my kid, probably searching high and low to find them what they need, and then eventually finding you. What does that do for a parent? What does that do for their family? Um, It makes a huge difference. I mean, obviously, they have struggles to make what happened happens, but you, you know, as a parent yourself, you do what you need to do to get your child the help they need. And I guess the biggest thing that's a little frustrating is that when they finally find, find us, they say, thank you, I can't believe we finally found someone who can help my child. And sometimes it's, I wish I'd found you earlier. But I just tell them, well, you found us now, so it's going to all be okay. Where do you find your teachers? Um, all my teachers have been with me for quite a while, and they've all been actually in the public schools. And I, um, they all specialize in learning disabilities. But um, they're ones that have been in the public schools and found the frustration of not having the opportunity to have enough time to work the ch- with the children. And at work more, they have that time. And their only job is to work with the children. I do the paperwork. I do all the things that they get frustrated with in the public school systems then they spend half their time doing all the paperwork and all the forms and it worked more their job is to just be in the classroom with the kids and I think that's that's what makes them love coming to school every day Um, they don't make a lot of money at all (laughs) we don't have benefits so they are there also as a gift to the kids because it definitely is not due to the money most of them um, the ones that are not married or like me, uh, work a second job um, if they you know, didn't have a spouse to help take care of their income because what they make they can get food stamps with. I mean, that's how little we pay them. And it's, I feel terrible sometimes about it, but you know, if we increase the tuition, 
so we can get paid more than the students wouldn't be able to afford to come. And um, I don't even take an income there myself to be able to give the Brenda Jackson scholarship to somebody, I guess you call it. And that's why you've been working at Steinmart? Yes. And now Steinmart's closing? Yes. <sighs> but I've gotten another job, thank goodness. You did? Okay. Yes. <laughs> okay. I have, Brenda, I got to tell you, I have so much emotion <laughs> right now. Because I just think what you do is so important. And it really is the definition of an Indiana original. You know, we want to create healthier, stronger communities and more jobs in Indiana. And, you know, it, it's not easy. And what's been the hardest part about being a business owner for you? Well, um, part of it is, uh, you know, I've had to learn to do everything I do uh, the payroll I do. I don't have a secretary, so I don't have an administrative assistant. So I've had to learn all, how to do all those things, plus be there for the kids and the teachers. So I do feel like sometimes I'm meaning myself coming and going, but that really hasn't been that hard. I don't, you know, I don't look at any of it being difficult because that's just the way I am. You know, you face each day one day at a time, and I come in and see what needs to happen I, I get it done and um, really I guess I did apply for our own 501c3 tax exempt status and that was a bit of a challenge getting through all that paperwork yeah. so just getting the tech now that kind of technical stuff you know that you have to do that um, I of course a degree in chemistry and, and a degree in education doesn't help you with all the business stuff but you just jump in there and go for it <laughs> well, I'd say I that's true for most entrepreneurs <laughs> you know we go into business for what we love and we yep. have to learn all the other stuff along the way I'm looking at your cell phone case right now <laughs> and there are was that one two three four five six seven, seven. dogs yes. and a cat two cats two cats <laughs> yes there are two cats so you take care of kids all day and then go home and take care of them too yes uh, they're all rescues so uh, I, I tell everyone when I leave uh, work at night, I'm going home to take care of my herd because <laughs> I have so many. But uh, yeah, so, so I rescue kids during the day and I rescue animals um, in the evening, I guess. I'm known as the pet rescuer. <laughs> well, I feel like you're just a rescuer. You're like Mother Earth over here <laughs> taking care of all of us. And, you know, I want to ask you too something, I, another challenge that I know you faced. You've had some, some health challenges too. Tell us a little bit about what you've gone through um, with your brain? Oh, well, I had a brain tumor um, in um, 2011, and um, I finally had to go to Mayo Clinic to have it removed. I was having grand mal seizures, and uh, I couldn't get a neurologist here, a neurosurgeon, to remove it um, because of where it was placed. And so I just said, you know, I can't live this way. I mean, I was, I was having seizures in front of the kids at school and I was scaring them to death. And, um, I had them at Steinmart. A customer would come out and say, Oh, there's a woman on the parking lot between cars out there. And they said, Oh, it's Brenda. <laughs> so, oh my gosh. But, um, yes, yeah, so I went to Mayo and it was rather amazing there. That's a fabulous place, but a seven and a half hour surgery, on Friday and I was released on Monday and came back and was back at work on Friday. So I sort of look like Frankenstein, you know, because I, I told the kids, this is Frankenstein because I had the big old scar on my head. Yeah. But you know, in a way it was a blessing too because it, it did leave a few things. Um, it took a lot of uh, part of my memory. And so um, my short term memory sometimes is difficult. And so I can understand sometimes 
the kids' frustrations because a lot of them have that problem, um, short-term memory or, or memory processing problems. And it's like I, I understand even more now because some days I have that too. Um, and I can I totally get how frustrating that is for them. So I think that having that experience has given me another way of, of having patience and understanding for the students. So even though it was a bit of a struggle for me, it was also uh, has given me more of a, a way to understand how these kids feel. What has been the most rewarding part for you? Oh, just the kids. They're so fabulous. You know, each day we come in, I, I keep saying I'm going to write a book because just just the things they say and do and just seeing them co- being happy to come to school and wanting to come to school when in the past they, they've hated school because it's been such a frustration and just seeing them being so happy. You know, they don't like, we're on fall break this week and they actually don't like the breaks because school is what they're comfortable with and they have a structure and they're doing things they like and they have friends so they really don't like not having school um, because they'd rather be there and that's a unique thing for kids that used to hate coming to school so and they do great things so there's uh, I get there at 6 30 in the morning because I have a, a parent that has to be at work at 7 and this little boy comes in and it's of course dark now he comes as Miss J I had to get up at midnight to be at school today <laughs> because, and I went to bed at midnight. Oh, <laughs> so I mean, it's just cute things like that. Yeah. But, you know, it's just they say the fab- most fabulous things that just crack you up. What would you tell someone who finds themselves in the same position you were, where you studied hard for something, you completed a degree, you were doing it, but you just knew that that wasn't where you were supposed to be? Well, I think you just have to follow your heart and have um, just just have the courage, encouragement that you can do it. And if you're following your heart, you know, you're going to face some struggles, but you just need to keep going. I mean, um, there's I feel like there's nothing you can't handle if that's where your heart is and that's you're doing the right thing. And um, I know days that I'm not sure we're going to meet payroll or whatever. I just keep knowing that I know we're doing the right thing for these kids. So it's going to happen. So you just have to have that encouragement to know you can do it and you're doing the right thing and just follow your heart. Because if you're following your heart, you're going to it's going to be okay. You know, I don't I I guess I look at people who aren't happy with what they're doing and I just want to say to them, then do what's going to make you happy. Don't stay stuck in this thing that you're not happy doing and it wasn't I wasn't happy to be in a chemist I enjoyed it but I knew I wasn't as, as a smart brilliant person my father was a chemist and he was brilliant so he was making a huge difference because he created first antibiotics you know so he was he was incredible with what he did um, and I loved doing chemistry I also loved working downtown and going out to eat to a different restaurant every, every, <laughs> yeah. and that, that was the fun part was lunch and going yeah. to a new restaurant every day um, but then I always would leave work and ended up being back with my kids and tutoring or helping them. And that's like, this is what really needs to be done. So I just have to do it. Yeah. Well, and something, too, that I think, you know, I really admire about you. And, you know, you were talking about your dad. You know, my dad designs wiring for military aircraft. You know, my son watches the Transformers movie and he's like, hey, there's grandpa's airplane. I'm like, uh-huh. <laughs> yep. I run this little thing called Indiana Originals. You know, but 
part of being happy is, you know, not comparing yourself to others. And that's something you teach kids every single day. How do you stay rooted in that? Well, I guess just seeing the success. Um, that's, you know, for 33 years, I've always had to work a second job. But that second job, I, I fortunately have found ones that I enjoy. But still, if you're following your heart, then you, you know you do what you got to do to keep following your heart. And I just have always been a firm believer. And I think, you know, as a child growing up, my parents taught me that, to have the confidence to believe in yourself and believe in what you can do. And so um, I was blessed to have parents to teach me that from a, a young child. And so I continue to know how to believe in that. And when I said to them what I wanted to do, and their, their response was, well, we wondered how long it would take you to figure that out. Um, I knew even right then that I had their blessing and, and encouragement to, to do what I was, I'm doing now 33 years later. Are your parents still alive today? No. My mother passed away a year ago. My father passed away six years ago. But they still got to see you change the lives of hundreds of children. Exactly. Ugh. Brenda, it's, your story is so powerful, and what you do for the community is so powerful. You know, why does supporting local and being known as an Indiana original matter to you? Well, I guess I feel so lucky that, A, that um, Indiana originals is out there now so that it can support um, organizations like myself that are here trying to make it um, on our own and without a big company to back us and um, just I mean Indiana Originals is great because you give us uh, an outlet to have people find out about who we are and what we do and um, hopefully support our each of the organizations involved with Indiana Originals. I feel lucky and blessed I guess to be an Indiana original. Well, we're blessed to have you, for sure. As I said earlier, you're the definition of Indiana Originals. And besides IndianaOriginals.com, where do we find out more about you and how do we support your business? Um, we have websites, WorthmoreAcademy.org. We also have a Facebook page um, just under Worthmore Academy. And, um, you know, if you go onto the Facebook page, you can see our Christmas concerts. In fact, I just submitted our kids playing hand chimes for Christmas to the um, Circle of Light auditions to see if maybe they'll be able to get on and be a part of that because playing the hand chimes they're awesome with, so we're hoping that. But that's a program that really is something else. Our kids never get to participate in extra programs at school, and at Worthmore um, we put on a big concert, and they play the hand chimes together, 5 years old to 20 years old, and then if they want to do their own thing, sing. We had a break dancing group. You know, so um, if you go onto our Facebook, you can see some of that and see see the happy faces of the kids on field trips. We just went to Tuttle's Orchard this last week, and they had a blast on the hayride and, you know, having fun and doing all that together. Brenda Jackson, Outstanding Service Award, Learning Disability Association of Indiana, 1992. Shining Star Award for Excellence in Education from WTHR in 1992. Jefferson Award from the American Institute for Public Service, 1995, and Indiana's own Outstanding Achievement Award, right here from Wish TV 8, 1996. Thank you so much for being our guest today on Local Matters, and thank you for doing your part to create healthier, stronger communities and more jobs in Indiana. Thanks for having me.
And thank you for listening to Local Matters, made possible by Indiana Originals and McFarling Foods. It's an honor to bring you incredible stories about Indiana Original businesses making a positive impact in Indiana and the entrepreneurs leading the way. Learn more about why Local Matters at indianaoriginals.com and on our app powered by B&W Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Drains. I'm Mel McMahon, and until next time, keep supporting local. Thanks for listening to Local Matters, brought to you by Indiana Originals, distributed by the All Indiana Podcast Network. Download the Indiana Originals app, powered by B&W Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Drains, and check out indianaoriginals.com.